Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Is he talking trash? No, it's just Scott being Scott. It's time for Inez Says. Hope you had a great holiday season. I know I did. Thanks so much for being with me, Scott Inez. You're on the Inez Says podcast. I uh, took last week off and I think really for the first time in my career, just sort of kick back and recharge for the coming year 2020. I think it has has taken its toll on all of us. So I just kind of took time, took it easy. I'm not always the the, the best at doing that, but I kind of forced myself to kick back and I read a few books, something I don't usually have time for, which was really nice. So I enjoyed my time off. Hope you did as well if you did get time off. And I hope we all have a great 2021. The vaccine is starting to kind of roll out. So that's great news. So let's hope by the end of the year, at the very least, The coronavirus will be all but a bad memory. So I was thinking about what to do here for the first podcast of 2021. And Lord knows the month of January is going to be filled with news from Washington. Let's put that on the back burner right now because the NFL season has concluded. So let's talk a little NFL. Let's talk a little sports today here on the Inez Says Podcast. Because the NFL made it. I don't know how they did it, but they played football through a pandemic. The season was not without its obstacles, but the NFL has made it so far. So let's talk about my five big takeaways from NFL week number 17 as we head toward the playoffs this weekend. And let's start off with this first one here. If I am the rest of the National Football League, I don't want any part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they head into the postseason. Yes, I know Mike Evans, their primetime receiver. He injured his knee in that win over the Falcons on Sunday. Some in the media jumped all over their head coach, Bruce Arians, for playing his starters in a game that meant nothing in terms of the postseason. Listen, it's really easy to sit back and say, well, you know, Mike Evans shouldn't have played in that game. Bottom line is these football players are paid each and every game to play the game of football. The Bucs team, I believe, needed every game this season, especially their offense. With so many new players, so many new weapons like Tom Brady and Antonio Brown and others, Rob Gronkowski, they needed that time to get on the same page. So stop it. Stop it with, well, Mike Evans shouldn't play. Look, we're in a culture right now that wants to shut down everything, it seems. I didn't have a problem with Mike Evans being out on the field for the Buccaneers yesterday. Now, we'll see how he progresses this week, but let's get back to the Buccaneers as a whole. I don't want any part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into the playoffs. They are peaking at just the right time. They had a little bit of a glitch in the middle of the season. But this team, to me, is peaking at just the right time. They're in the postseason for the first time in 13 years. They get four touchdown passes. 
nearly 400 yards from Tom Brady in that win over the Falcons on Sunday. And now you're looking at a team that has won four straight, a team that has scored, what, 91 points over the last two weeks, a team that is absolutely loaded offensively. They seem to have caught their second win defensively after appearing to get tired in the middle of the season. And look, with Tom Brady at the helm, I don't want any part of this team. Speaking of Tom Brady, can we talk here? Can we talk for a moment? The reason why the Buccaneers are headed back to the playoffs is because mainly of Tom Brady, this one guy. And for the life of me, I'll never understand how the New England Patriots could simply let him walk. I'll never get it. This guy is the GOAT for a reason. The Bucs finish 11-5. and five. The Patriots, oh, by the way, yeah, they won on Sunday to beat the Jets. Who doesn't? But the Patriots finish 7-9 and nine out of the playoffs for the first time since, like, FDR. The difference is Tom Brady. You put Tom Brady on that Patriot team, guess what? They're in the playoffs. And to simply let him walk to Tampa, to me, it, it's a combination of ego and insanity on the part of Bill Belichick. And now the Bucs are going to the playoffs first time in 13 years because in large part of Tom Brady. And let me tell you something. With the Redskins up first, I don't want any part of Brady and the Bucks the way they're playing right now. So that's my first takeaway from NFL Week 17. Second takeaway is props to the Miami Dolphins. And I know they got smoked in Buffalo on Sunday. And we'll talk about that loss to the Bills coming up. But props to the Miami Dolphins, a franchise that for years, pretty much this entire century, was a sad sack franchise. It was a franchise that was irrelevant. But you hire the right coach, and what happens? You're 10 and 6. It's unfortunate that there were so many great teams this year, uh, and to be left out with double digit wins, left out of the playoffs, is sad for all Miami Dolphin fans. But my hat is off to the Dolphins, and in particular, their new head coach, second year head coach, Brian Flores, for waking up the echoes this season. All right, so props to the Dolphins. Now, In terms of their blowout loss to the Bills on Sunday, where did that dominating Dolphin defense go? I mean, I get it. The Bills are really good, and Josh Allen, their quarterback, has really improved from last year to this year. But giving up 56 points in a game that you have to have? I mean, the Bills had 455 yards of total offense. Miami gave up 450 yards just four times this season. And as I was watching that game on Sunday, it was almost as if I was watching Dolphins teams of the recent past. That was not the same Dolphin team that we've been watching all year long. They, they were totally lifeless in that game, and it really brought back some bad memories. But overall, great season, 10-6. and six. Miami is back. They are relevant again. Congratulations to the Miami Dolphins. Third take. Let's talk about the Green Bay Packers, and in particular, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, by the way, he can still play. He can, he can still play. Now, I don't want to say that Aaron Rodgers kind of floated under the radar this year because, after all, he's going to win the MVP of the league, and, well, he should. Last year, I banged on the Packers and their head coach, Matt LaFleur, and their GM for taking the kid Jordan Love, the quarterback out of Utah State, with that first-round draft pick last year. But that selection, you think about this, that selection of a quarterback in the first round, could land the Green Bay Packers a Super Bowl trophy this year. Think about it. And I think I said at the time that, look, with the drafting of Jordan Love, you run the risk of alienating a man in Aaron Rodgers, who was one of the all-time great quarterbacks in this league. But he's got, you know, he's he's a different cat, man. Like, he's 
He's got that acerbic personality, and it could have very well gone the other way for Aaron Rodgers. He could have been in a funk all year long. But I think what that pick of Jordan Love did was obvious at this point. Dude's going to be the MVP. I think it focused Aaron Rodgers to the point of giving him yet another challenge. And the man rose to the occasion all year long. 13th season as their starting quarterback. And just when you thought he couldn't get any better, he had an NFL best 48 passing touchdowns. That's a career high versus just five picks this year. Five picks. That's amazing. I mean, we've seen Aaron Rodgers be great, but this was his greatest season to date. The Packers needed that win over the Bears Sunday to get home field advantage. That's exactly what they did. Aaron Rodgers has been great throughout his career, but this year was special. This year he was a maestro. And now the Packers get to kick back and enjoy the weekend as the NFC's top seed in the weekend ahead. So that's my third takeaway, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Let's go four here. If I am a New York Giant fan, gosh forbid, but if I'm a New York Giant fan, I despise Philadelphia Eagle head coach Doug Peterson because he, the way I'm looking at this, he cost me a chance to get to the playoffs. I hate what Doug Peterson did in that game on Sunday night in Philadelphia against the Washington football team. And it's not that I feel badly for a 6-10 and 10 Giant team not making the playoffs, but man, that decision by the Eagle head coach to bench his starting quarterback, Jalen Hurts, early in the fourth quarter for a dude by the name of Nate Sudfield. Nate Sudfield. That was pathetic. That was pathetic because Jalen Hurts is a guy Peterson uh, has been grooming to take over as the starting quarterback for Carson Wentz. One would think that even in a game that doesn't mean much to the Eagles, one would think that you're going to want to play Jalen Hurts as much as possible. Let him get playing time in the fourth quarter. Let him see if he can spoil Washington's chances of getting to the playoffs. And instead, and instead you put Nate Sudfield in the game? Dude hadn't played all year long. He's played in like three games since 2017. And what happens three plays into his arrival in that game? He throws a costly fourth quarter interception. Now, Giant fans are irate about that decision. I get it. But how irate can you be? I mean, come on. You're 6-10. and 10. You're supposed to miss the playoffs. But, but look at what the Eagles had to gain by tanking that game against Washington. And that's exactly what the Eagles did. They tanked that game. And in turn, guess what? The Eagles move up three slots in the upcoming NFL draft. Philadelphia is going to pick sixth now in the draft. That's the highest pick they will have since taking Carson Wentz in 2016. I, I just thought it was disgraceful. I, and I know Doug Peterson said after the game he was coaching to win. That's that's a lie. That's a bullface lie. He was not coaching to win the game. He was coaching to tank that game. I know the NBA has made tanking fashionable, but let me tell you something. It's the worst thing it's the worst thing that, that has happened to sports. It's sacrilegious to people who have been around the game, who have played sports competitively. You play to win the game, as Herm Edwards once said. You play to win the game. The NFL has long resisted following the lead of the NBA and trying to head off the tanking thing and establishing a draft lottery to avoid situations such as these. It may be time to reconsider that position. What Doug Peterson did on that football field in Philadelphia was disgraceful. That's number four. Okay, that leads me to five. Let's talk about those lovable, laughable Jacksonville Jaguars, shall we? One in 15 this season. In the process, they dropped 14 straight games. 
And on Monday morning, they fire their head coach, Doug Marone. Marone took over as an interim coach, final two games of the 16 season. He helped the Jaguars get to the AFC championship game against Tom Brady and the Patriots in 2017. But ever since then, this is an organization that has basically undercut Doug Marone at every pass. I mean, look, look at look at the cast of all-star defenders that you've lost. Jalen Ramsey, Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe, that, just among them have left Jacksonville. So, too, has Doug Marone as of Monday morning. I, look, I think Doug Marone is a fine head football coach. I think he's a good head football coach. But he was tasked with an impossible situation with the Jaguars in Jacksonville. He was set up to fail. It was set up to fail, and that's exactly what the Jaguars did and have done for quite some time. So the question becomes, what happens in Jacksonville? What happens in Jacksonville in terms of the head coaching post? There's a lot of chirping going on out there. There's a lot of chirping going on about the possibility of former Gator head man and Ohio State head coach Urban Meyer taking the Jaguar reins. Uh, it is intriguing. I must say it is an intriguing proposition. I mean, this is a Jaguar franchise. You talk about the Dolphins being irrelevant. This Jaguar franchise has been totally irrelevant. It's a franchise, though, that holds the inside track to perhaps Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence with the first pick in the draft, a franchise that holds a second first-round selection. Shad Khan, the owner of the Jags, will no doubt pull the Brinks truck up to Urban's house. Will Urban take the cheese? Now, keep in mind, this is a guy in Urban Meyer who has been out of the coaching ranks for a couple of years. This is a guy who absolutely loves a challenge, and there may not be more of a challenge in the NFL than the Jaguar franchise that has not made the playoffs in back-to-back -back seasons in this century. In this century, folks. All right? So to know Urban Meyer is to know that he does love a challenge. He won at Bowling Green. He won at Utah. He won two natties at Florida. He won one with Ohio State. And now will he take the challenge at Jacksonville? There's always a downside to Urban Meyer. Always. And that is the burnout factor. The man flamed out at Florida after six years, spent seven years at the helm of Ohio State before puttering out. Can you rely on him for the future? I don't know the answer to that question, but I do know this. If the Jaguars hire Urban Meyer, they become relevant again overnight. All right, that's going to do it for the Inez Says podcast. It is good to be back in the year 2021. Appreciate you being here, and I look forward to next time.